his illustrious Clemson career. That's Sorry. Right. We still love you, though. <laughs> but um, former and NFL has linebacker. Alabama shirt on for the people that are listening. <clears throat> yes. Not seeing it. Um, but we got Ricky Sapp here, hometown favorite. Always love being around him. Tons of energy. Um, but we're going to let you introduce yourself for those that don't know you here and those that are listening. I'm Ricky Sapp. I am from Bamber, South Carolina. And from there, I played at the best college in the world, Clemson Ooh. University. From there, I played in the NFL for five years. Uh, right now, I am a high school football coach at St. James. I am the dancing substitute teacher. I do motivational speaking. And I have my own nonprofit foundation called the Ricky Sapp Foundation. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the other point I forgot to, to mention was the <laughs> dancing substitute. That's right. <laughs> so I know, I know with a lot of the stuff, my big questions were going to come from not so much the journey into football, mm-hmm. but your transition outside and after football and kind of how you kept within the community mm-hmm. and how you kept pushing, even though the sense of competition isn't there anymore, because this yeah. is a big topic that no one... Not, not that no one wants to cover, but no one likes to cover, and it needs to be covered a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, I want to say uh, thank you guys for having me, man, and I want Absolutely. to say you guys are doing an incredible job, what you guys are doing, so keep doing it, man. Thank you. Appreciate Same to you. Same to you. Yeah. Uh, man, well, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go deep. The transition for me uh, out of football was – it was rough. Um, I, got, I got hurt, and – had opportunities to still continue to play, but it took me a long time uh, to get healthy. So as, as I was transitioning, man, um, for about two years, I was uh, depressed and had anxiety pretty bad. And I didn't leave my house, man, for about almost two years until I pretty much um, figured out that my purpose was to work with kids. Um, and once I got into that, um, that kind of, what it did, it replaced my competitive edge. Like, all right, now I know my purpose. All right, how many kids can I get in front of? Uh, how many lives can I touch? So that replaced my uh, competitive edge. But um, man, the transition is tough, you know? And like you said, that's the part people don't want to talk about. And for me, I can tell you guys that it was, it was rough, man. I was in this house for almost two years, uh, not leaving and uh, just uh, didn't know what was next? No, it, I, I like how you, you know, you're being real about that because a lot of people don't understand that attachment because you got so much pressure on you as, as far as being an athlete all the time. You got a regular schedule that you have. And then, you know, either it doesn't matter if you're co- collegiate or uh, pro, but then whenever it's all done, what do you do? Is, you know, and it's and it's a hard transition, and I, I I don't know about you, but I listen to I Am Athlete podcast, you know, with Brandon Marshall and Ocho Cinco and Fred Taylor and Channing Tatum, uh, and they're just uh, they're just like going back and forth, and they're just talking about that transition. They don't know how to turn it off. Nobody <laughs> knows how to turn it off. And then it made me look at myself, and I was like, okay, why was it so hard for me to like figure out what to do after I got done? I knew I was a strength conditioning coach, but I still wanted to find something to be competitive at. I was like doing powerlifting. I was doing Olympic weightlifting. I was just thinking I was just transferring my energy into something else, but I didn't realize it was turning into a different addiction because I didn't know 
how to turn that competitiveness off. And, you know, it ruined some relationships because I was like, no, nah, I got to go to the gym. No, nah, I got to train. I got to do this. I got to do that. I was like shut myself off into the gym and that's all I want to do. Um, but that's, that's, that I'm glad that you brought that up. Man, man there's, man, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's real good stuff. And I know even as the same, same kind of thing we had that we had this, we touched on this briefly last week and, um, it was really more about the step before going professional for those kids that, you know, they, they know they're going to play four years in college and that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. even that transition is difficult because they're getting thrown straight in at a younger age. And I mean, y- you could look at it as an older age, you know, when you, when you get in, say you played, you know, what the average, average career is, what, three, four years in the NFL? Two and a half. Okay. Yeah, it's so, getting even lower now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it used to be. Somebody's weird. always coming in taking your spot. That's, that's the way you got to look at it. It's like the talent pool is just getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, two and a half years, I mean, for some people, that's a master's degree already, and they've already started into their career. So you you tack on more time that you're having to maybe go back, more time that you're, you know, we'll say, quote, unquote, behind how mm-hmm. some people look at it. So, you know, do you almost get to a point? I mean, from, from some of the guys you've talked to, I'm sure, you know, the guys you bump shoulders with, um, do you get to a point where, you're so long within the league or so long within pro pro athletics that it's you almost hit this dead zone for a career after you get out after so long, or do you just make it your life somehow? Man, it's a really good question, man. Yeah. And you know, Santo, I made, he made a, a, a lot of really good points as far as when you're in that, um, that space, when you, when you competitive all your life and you on that level, it's like, all you know how to do is compete, uh prepare and grind <laughs> so when you get out of it and 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 this is where i think this is really good what you guys are doing to talk about when you get out of it uh people don't understand it you know people don't know like man look uh i'm competitive i know how to grind I know how to fight i know how to get through tough times so like when you get out of it it's like you know what the heck do i do now because all, all your life you had a schedule that you had to go by right and when you stop, it's like, all right, no more schedule. You do your own scheduling. So for me, I was lost, man. I was like, what the heck? Okay, now I don't have to be at the, the gym this time. I don't have to eat at this time. I don't have to, my life is not planned out. What the heck do I do? Uh, so it's hard, man. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, for me, <laughs> man, I, I went in a funk. I was down and out, but I had to figure out, okay, I could be competitive, but now I have to do it in a different way. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of guys come out of it and they have no one they can really go to uh, to talk about it, to, you know, uh, get advice on how to do it. Because, you know, a lot of guys are, you know, we, we tend to look, kind of let the pride and the ego get in the way where we're like, all right, I'm going to just figure it out on my own. No, you know, we, 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 we have to talk to each other and, and help each other. Uh, I got a question for you. So, I mean, do you think the NFL or do you think the NFL is now that they transition this? Do you think they need to do a better job with transitioning guys when it's over? Like Coach Mowgli had a great segment and, you know, um, I had my feelings against Coach Mowgli and they kind of like turned around after some time because, you know, Coach Bennett was my guy. But then Coach Mowgli comes in. But he had something that I, I did praise him on because he had that 
uh, life after football. They used to talk. I can't remember. Maybe it was like once a week or once a month or something like that. And it, what so they could understand like, hey, some of you guys aren't going to make it to the NFL. What comes after college? Um, the guys and I make the joke sometimes. I'm like, hey, man, you know, some of these guys that are in the NFL, they still kids because they never got out of the, the segment of growing up because it was, you know, high school, then college, then straight in the NFL. And you got a bunch of money, but you don't really understand how to handle it. You have people handling your money that don't really need to be handling your money. And then, mm-hmm. then when it's all over, you're like either you're broke or you did have some great investments, but you still don't know what to do with your life. So do you think the NFL needs to take uh, or do a better job of a segment where they need to do like, hey, this is our segment where we're going to train. like reintroducing them to society. Yeah, like teaching you guys how to be better, like, you know, teaching money better, all this different type stuff. 150%. I think they, I think they need to do a better job of it. Now, they try, but they don't try hard enough, man. And, you know, it's 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 all it's sad because with so many guys coming within those NFL doors and leaving every day, it's like all right, you would think that they would put something in place to where they say, okay, we have to help these guys because a lot of these guys got families. They didn't expect to you know lose their job so early. Um, I will say this: Clemson does an amazing job with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you know, you're missing Postal. Clemson does an amazing job with that now, where now they have guys that say. They can really make the decision like, all right, do I trace this NFL dream or do I just chase this job that I know I really want to do? Um, and that's what the NFL need, uh, needs to do. So, yes, I think 150% they need to do a better job of helping guys transition out. Right. Even, yeah. even when some of the like <laughs> collegiate coaches talk about even the, the psychology side of it, mm-hmm. when you get to that, that, that mental state of – you have to, you know, internally, you have to make that decision. Am I done? What am I going to do? What's going on? Um, you know, what's their process when it comes to, because I know college, I guess each college differs. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the process of them shifting out of pro athletics and then them adjusting, what's that kind of support system? Like, do you feel that there needs to be? As far as on, on, on the college level or on the NFL? pro level, on the pro level, man, you know, honestly, that's the question. Honestly, I think it needs to just be, it needs to be something where they can get guys that um, have retired that want to be a part of that process of saying, look, guys, you might not play as long as you think you're going to play. Uh-huh. Even if you do play as long as you want to play, you're still going to need to have to know how to transition out. So I think it needs to be uh, a group of guys uh, or whoever that's willing to help the guys that are still playing um, to say, look, you know, let's go ahead and start learning, you know, how we're going to transition out as far as what you want to do. You know, this is what this is what's really going on in the real world. You're going to have to do this. Uh, investments, you know, something like that. I, I, yeah, I feel like they need to set some of like that up. Or even no, like and, a consultant, like for like a yes. um, postseason. Yes. I mean, it's something simple that they could do, almost like an outreach program, but yes. through the NFL, like the um, NFL PA. Yes. The same thing for what, like baseball and stuff like that too. It could probably it could probably be easily done. I think it's just, well, a, say, it's just know, a money thing. They have, and 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 the NFL has a bunch of stuff like that. But see, the problem is. When we're in that locker room, nobody's going to really talk about that kind of stuff because I feel like it's a pride and ego thing where we're like, you know, you know, we we tough, 
we don't have to really talk about what I'm going to do at the NFL because most guys don't want to talk about it because they think they're going to play 10, 15 years. So we don't have to worry about it. No, we need to talk about it now. Right. And I remember when I was in the locker room, I don't ever remember there being a space for guys to really talk about that. You know, guys would mention maybe some investments they was doing, but there was never uh, an emphasis on, look, we have this class for you guys. You have, you have to go once a week. It's all about changing out the NFL. Mm-hmm. It, it just wasn't there. Because I know I, I was talking to – sorry, I just got one other thing. No, I was you good. talking to a um, <laughs> athlete that's playing pro volleyball now, mm-hmm. and she's the only American on the team. Mm. And, you know, so being home, like away from home and everything for so long, you know, she – flat out just said, you know, I went to a sports psychologist and got with them for about, I think, I think she said one or two months. And, um, because I knew I needed it to be able to handle everything. And I think that was a, that's a huge step in being like one self-sufficient and two being secure with yourself in order to actually do that and talk about it. And then understanding, like you're saying to have someone have that backing to understand the the transition and have someone there that you can kind of get all that out and saying, you know, I'm stressed. Um, I am worried about staying, whether you, you know, have the skill or not, you know, but you have that, that general fear of losing your job. Yeah. That, that, that's a really good point. I had to see a sports psychologist uh, when I was playing down in Houston and um, you know, I was a little older and I was like, man, you know, I, I can't continue to go on like this without talking to somebody. So, um, yeah, you know, um, I think that's, that's, that's definitely important. It's just a lot of athletes are just not willing to talk about it unless they have a podcast like this and they hear, you know what I'm saying? They hear us talking about it. They'd be like, Oh man, I should, you know, I should do that. There needs to be another push kind of how, um, concussions were when, 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 when the whole concussion scandal, I'm not gonna say scandal, but, the whole issue happened. A movie came out, all that research, and it, they started to bring all the light to it. It's almost like they need yep. to do the same exact thing and normalize it. Yeah, because I think um, is is because it's weird. I think we do a great job, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, with Ricky's foundation. Um, we we talk as coaches. We talk to young kids about this transition going to college a lot, and if they don't make it, what's next? Uh, but I think, you know, just like we're saying, you know, there needs to be another step. Like if we're pushing kids to understand it at a younger age, why do we fall off whenever they make it? And then we don't continue to do that same talk whenever they got to transition to another step of life, because it's always about transitioning. And, you know, that being said, um, I wanted you to kind of talk a little bit about your foundation. And then you have your dream big, live big, uh, like your youth football camps that you do back in Bamberg. Um, how you're, you know, how you're taking that step now that you're transitioning where you're actually uh, using your experiences and then talking to the kids and just being the inspiration that they need. Yeah. Life. So, with, yeah. Um, so, with, so with my foundation, um, I'm glad you said that the biggest thing I try to do is be uh, as vulnerable as possible for them uh, because I know that, uh I've already been to where they're trying to go. I've been through ups and downs. So with the foundation, you know, the, the biggest thing I try to do is is, is encourage them um, to be bold. 
And when I say be bold, I mean to be bold with themselves as far as, look, you know, if you want to do this, then you're going to have to be bold enough to get up when it's time to get up, uh, put in the work, have fun when it's time to have fun, but be bold enough to say, all right, um, I need help with this situation or I'm having issues at home. Okay, who can I talk to about it? Um, so with my foundation, I try to hit every angle um, uh, with the kids, you know, not only sports, but with their mental, with their life, because you guys know, man, kids, kids go through a lot of things that you probably would never, ever uh, know, you know? So that's why I, I that's why, I, that's why I, when, whenever I'm, uh, I'm subbing, that's why I dance. Because if I can dance, then I can give them a talk, I can give them to laugh, and then eventually they'll open up about certain things. Right. Um, so that goes to being able to speak their language. Um, and that's just some of the things that I try to do with my foundation with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's awesome because I always see, uh, you know, it's funny on um, Mondays, uh, getting on Facebook and the first usually the first post I see is you dancing <laughs> you know get up and dance uh, and then you know you had the sign for when you're a substitute you got the dancing substitute sign and you just you know you just bringing that life into the classroom because obviously you know you need to make it fun because you got to keep the attention of the students when the teacher is not actually there so you yeah. found your niche that's going to be like all right this is how I'm going to get the kids to do what I want them to do whenever, you know, their teacher's not around. So that's awesome that you do that. Yeah. You, you know, the, the, uh, one thing about kids that, that I learned right away is that uh, kids know what's real, man. <laughs> they know what's real. So uh, there's no filter. It, it's the no filter. filter. Yeah. yeah. And, and in my opinion, they know what's real until they leave high school and get in the real world and they start getting pulled from every direction. That's when they kind of don't know what, what's real, but when they're a kid and they're in that school that school building, they know what's real. Right. And uh, whenever I step in that classroom, I just try to be as uh, real as I can. But I also understand that as a, a, a leader, uh, I can't expect them to meet me uh, where I'm at. I have to be able to speak their language. So that's why you know I started doing the dancing and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I think that's kind of how we 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 handle the the uh, energy in the facility though. Oh yeah, absolutely. At the time we're screwing around dancing. I mean, yeah. blasting music, just having a good time. And I think maybe not as good as things. you, but we dance a little bit. You know? Yeah. Man, <laughs> let me tell you something. Yeah. I have, I have, I haven't beat a kid in a dance battle yet. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I ever will. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, in, in a certain degree, you ne- you probably never will beat a kid. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> You know these. I mean, these dance. These dances are getting complicated, especially with these TikTok dances. Like, you know, I play around. Uh, like the guys that I coach, you know, is not that that big with them to, to dance with them and stuff like that. But when he when Ant brings in the volleyball girls, it's always you know have a fun time, dance with them, and like, all right, hey, like be like, hey, this is like a TikTok dance, right? But then you end up looking like a dad at a cookout or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they they always look at me like. What are you doing? Or you do it like, on purpose? You do it on purpose and tell them I'm doing this on purpose to make it look bad, and they go, "Please just stop anyway." Yeah, just, they, you know they just cut your you cut your dreams. They just shoot you straight out of the sky. Well, you, well, you know, Sandra, you you said something that I love. You said that what you guys, what you and Aunt are trying to do in the gym is make sure that they feel love. Yeah, and, and by you guys doing that, man, that's 
that's letting them know that they love. So that's why I think what you guys are doing is it's it's incredible. Oh yeah, because you I mean you you coach kids, uh you training uh individuals as well. But in, you know, you start especially when you start training these people for you know six months and more, you start really really knowing the real them. Yeah. And what and what is gonna take to pull pull what you need out of them. There's mm. some that's gonna need the yelling, but then there's some I mean, I have some guys that you know they they you know they big and they tough and then I can get into them and then they crumble and then I got to go pick them back up. You know, Hey, so yep, yep. why, why, why do I have to do this to get you to do what you need to do? You already know this. Like, why do I have to get to this point? <laughs> I hate doing that, but it's like, you know what you have to do. You have to, you have to bring that little, uh, that extra bit out of them. And then there's some, you know, you just dance, smile, and, you know, aunt, aunt's got two twins, well, two twins, but they're twins that come in the gym and he's like, what up, bro? And that's just how to get them, you know, get them rolling whenever they're coming in the door. <laughs> And, and they and they look right at him like, what up? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, just, we're at the point now we've got handshakes. Oh, it's yeah. Just, I mean, you gotta, that's, you that's gotta know who you got. That's why it's fun, man. That's that's yeah. one thing that that so many people miss. That mm-hmm. one concept about us as coaches, strength coaches, whatever volleyball, basketball, football, whatever it is, they do miss that that part. What they hear. Is all the difficulty, all the everything? Oh my God, they're, this is hard. They, they're they're hard coaches to be around, and I'm like, the only people who are saying that are the ones that didn't try, the yeah. ones that tried and got to see who we are. Mm-hmm. That's when they had fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. We. I mean, like we had, you know, you get through that that learning stage, and then even like the general population people that I train, um, I learned from them. It's not well the ones that I coach. Not every gym is like this, but you don't need to be the rah-rah coach to get mm-hmm. me going. They just want somebody to make sure they're doing the right thing and they're not going to hurt themselves, especially at 5.15 in the morning. You can have the energy, like the energy's in the music in the background, <laughs> but they're working out and it's just like, am I doing this right? You are. And I, they just want to hear me just coach. I'm just coaching them, making sure they're doing things right. <laughs> We're moving along. And then they're like, okay, cool. That was a great morning. You have a great day you do <laughs> you know you know and that's that's just the dynamic you know and they just want to get their day started they don't need because you know i've always been a big believer you know after a certain while you know playing career or even when i started coaching you got to be calm before the storm so that's their calm in the weight room before the storm you know some certain coaches out there they're like rah 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 off the bus and then go get blowed out on the field like you got to be calm you got to be calm before you get to that point where the actual action is the action is not in the gym for them their action is going to work so this is their time to get themselves up rolling get that energy burning Mm -hmm. and then then they go to the actual storm so i had to learn like okay this is not for them now the people that i coach in the afternoon like my general population i coach in the afternoon that's a different story. I got to completely flip it because they've already been to work. So now I got to be the rah-rah person to make sure they're staying inside the gym when they come in the afternoon because they're going to be burnt out and they don't want to do it. So it's going to be like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You got this. Let's go. Because they could just go sleep on the couch and not even come in. And that's the same work. thing with me. You you know, Santron will look over and just go, he'll just look at me and laugh just because of the amount of cutting up that has to happen sometimes. Yeah. Or they just come in. And they'll say, well, how much am I doing for cleans? I'm like, well, you're going to start at 90. And they just go, I, I don't want to do that. 
<laughs> like just the face, just no emotion, just go. That, that, nah, that's nah, always nah. my favorite. Nah. I don't like that. I don't nah, like that. Nah, nah, I don't want to do it. Or or we get to like a third or fourth set, and I'm like, you know, you're crushing right now. Let's let, let let's take like a bigger jump and just do like two reps, one one or two reps, not a max out. Let's just have fun with it. And then I get the, uh, uh, uh I'm good. I'm really good. I promise you, I'm good. I'm like, you'll be better. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. So um, I mean, we got a little bit off topic, but uh. So with your foundation, what else do you do? Because, I mean, I'm trying to like, I'm giving you the space to actually tell it. Uh, because I know there's other stuff that you do uh, throughout the year. So with your, because the whole big part of the foundation, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Ricky Sapp Foundation, right? It's not the dream big, live big. Yeah, dream big, live big is, is just like the, the motto, the slogan. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, I get those confused sometimes. <laughs> but, um, okay, so the Ricky Sapp Foundation. So what are the other things that you do without, uh, within that foundation? Yeah, so uh, of course it's geared towards kids. So we have several events throughout the whole year. The first event is we have a celebrity basketball event where we have NFL guys come in. We had WNBA guys as well, NBA guys come in. They play each other and we raise money for uh, for the school. And last year what we did was we gave money to the, the Pop Warner football team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we added to that was uh, a panel before the basketball game where we have just different people come in and have conversations with uh, the kids and uh, the adults as well. And then the next event we have is the football cheerleading camp. Uh, I have an NFL cheerleader that comes down. Of course, I have NFL guys come down and we we have a, a football cheerleading camp. Um, and then the next event is the back to school event. Where I give out book bags in Murder Beach and in my hometown in Bamberg. And then the next event is Thanksgiving. I go around and give out turkey boxes to families in Myrtle Beach and in Bamberg. And then Christmas, I get dressed up as the, the elf. And my yeah, man, if my son is a gingerbread man, I get a Santa Claus. And we give out gifts uh, in Myrtle Beach and in my hometown. So we every year I, I, I do those same events. Yep. Okay, I have to know who comes up with those skits. <laughs> man, you, <laughs> you mean the the uh me and my son and the yeah. talk to me Tuesday skit? Man, honestly, man, we especially, just especially uh, like especially whenever you're dressed up like that. <laughs> man, we just do it on the fly, honestly. But you know, sometimes he's actually and, and people that's why people actually say that he's a natural, but you know, he's a you know, he's a teenage kid, he don't really care. You know, he 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 have fun with it though, but he don't really care. He just know he's doing it because I asked him to do it. Right. So a lot of times, man, we do it on the fly. Or sometimes he be like, hey, I got an idea. But for the most part, we just we do it on the fly. It's fun. <laughs> that's funny because that's that's pretty much how our videos are too. <laughs> and I feel like we get the best, you know, overall, we all get the best content when we're on the fly. Every time we plan out something, either we never get to it to actually record the video or it just does not look right like we wanted it to. So like a lot of times people are like, all right, when you do your videos for motivation and stuff like that, when do you get your topics? Five minutes before I do it. Mm. Like I'm like scrolling through my phone, looking through quotes. I find a topic or I listen to a podcast that week and I'm like, boom, that's my topic. Dude, there's been times I've been writing in my car. That's it. And I just turn on, like I've got a, you know, a little hands-free holders. Just turn on the video and just talk for like a minute. And they go, ah, that's good. I like that. 
I think that's the big thing. The only time you really get into that big, we'll say, production style when it comes to a lot of the content and is when you're looking to push something that you want to stay there forever. Mm. And you're really trying to make an image. But a lot of times it's just... uh, I don't think we really focus on the quote-unquote quality to make it flashy. We want to get the message out. Yeah, Mm. well... And and also too, like people, I think people appreciate uh, being more authentic too. Mm-hmm. You know, just like our podcasts, our podcasts aren't scripted. I have like five key points, and sometimes we may get those through those five key points in the beginning, and we're just rolling through a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, we're just talking, we're just having fun, uh, you know, giving the people what they want, you know, trying to make sure we're getting different guests, uh, more guests, you know, big time, high pro profile guests like you, you know, a former NFL star, you know, got to give you props on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but loss. you know, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you should have seen uh, when we, okay. So I think this was Hunter Renfro caught the catch that went into the end zone. So what year was that? 2016? Yeah, I think so. Maybe mm-hmm. 2016. So Hunter Renfro catches catch, uh, caught that amazing catch in the end zone, you know, Alabama fans can say it was a pick and roll, whatever, but it, you know, it happened and Clemson won the championship. We could not get Ricky to be quiet inside. (laughs) That Monday, (laughs) that Monday was so, I mean, for a good, it was like him, Daquan Bowers, and then like other guys that was all, you know, Alex Ross, scarce and all these guys that was training. Uh, We was getting these guys ready for, you know, their next steps, wherever they was going to go. Um, yes, and they, they, you know, every Clemson fan in that gym would not stop talking that day. It was like, you know, we're not even going to work out today. We're just going to sit here and talk <laughs> for the whole day. <laughs> we had it going. Yeah, we had it going. We had it going. Oh, yeah. Hell, oh, l- let's not forget to mention every time I passed you in the gym. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. I would be, I'd be clear across. I'm talking, if anyone has any idea, we're talking like, 100 150 feet away like you're you're making out who the person is and all i hear is him scream at me while i'm working with a client oh yeah and i just i dude when you did that a couple times i had people look at me go who is that (laughs) and i go don't worry about it but if he walks in here run no, but it's it's funny because I used to I used to ask them, I was like, man, I'm surprised they haven't kicked you out the X gym yet. But you know, at the same time, people love that energy. You yeah. know, people people, you know, it don't matter if you I mean, being in South Carolina, doesn't matter if you're a South Carolina fan, doesn't matter if you're a Clemson fan, you knew who Ricky Sapp was, you know, especially if you went to the X gym and it was just like that energy that he brought, no matter if he was working out himself, if he was just talking to people about the day, and it's just that that loudness of your voice, you know, and the, and the deepness of your carried, voice, you just, man. yeah, you just, you'll be at one end of the gym and you're like, hey, can we get some real music? You know, it'd be something simple as that. And, yeah. and it was just, you know, we was like, yeah, that's Ricky. That Ricky brings that energy. That's that. And, you know, and he, you know, he expects the best. That's what he's going to do. Oh, yeah. Got to bring the energy. Got to do that. Oh, man. Um, so, so let's, I mean, you talked a little bit about your son. Um, so, what, what is it like? Because you coached at St. James this past uh, yep. past two seasons, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the past two seasons. So what's it like coaching the little Ricky to be? Man. Or is he or or is he his own person altogether? Does he play Man. differently than you did? All that type of stuff. 
for all you parents out there, you maybe you got kids or you maybe you plan on having kids, your own kids don't listen to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you played, if you played on the, you know, the college NFL, I don't it's well, first let me say this. It's it I'm definitely thankful and blessed to be able to be on the football field while he's playing and get to watch front row. That's incredible. I will say that. But He's definitely his own. He's, he's his own person. And, you know, we we kind of had that conversation a long time ago because I'm from South Carolina and I was this big football uh, star in South Carolina. People would, uh, would 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 link me and him together a lot. So I had to say, son, you know, you, you got to make your own path. You know, um, of course, I'm here to help you and, and teach you, but you got to make your own path. So, you know, I, I think he, he has done a great job of that. Um, but when I'm trying to tell them stuff like, hey, son, you need to scratch. You need to do this. It's almost like I'm talking Japanese. <laughs> and I was like, son, you know, I did play on this level, that level. So that's the only part that's frustrating when I tell him something. It's like, it's, it's like I'm talking Japanese. Yeah, because a lot of times kids don't understand like the things that we're telling you to do. And it's the same thing we did at our parents too. You know, yes. they're telling us stuff that because of injuries that they have now, that they should have did when they was younger. So like now you're in your position, you're telling your son, like, Hey, this is how you're going to, you know, be protected because you know, I talk about stretching all the time. Like if I would have stretched or knew the importance of stretching and yoga and these different things, taking care of your body, eating a certain way at a younger age, no telling what I would have looked like, you know, coming out of high school, whatever, going into college, because you know, you don't think about that stuff because it's not what was taught to you. It wasn't that it, and, and I hate to say that wasn't taught to you because it just wasn't taught to me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> certain, it depending on certain schools, you know, and you go to these big schools like, uh, what is it? Bishop, uh, Norman, oh, I Bishop can't think. These, all these big, yeah, yeah. All these big schools that are like in um, Las Vegas and you want to be on TV, you know, Bamberg's on TV too, because, you know, y'all up there, upper South Carolina is like football capital of the world. <laughs> But uh, they, you know, they just, they just, uh, everything is just different because people understand more because that's, it's, it's a standard. It's a standard. They're like, all right, you're going to be great because this is what we have. We have tradition. You're going to carry it through. And that's not all, you know, that's not always passed down. I agree 100%. Yeah. So somebody else can walk up off the street and say, hey, you know, Brandon, you need to scratch. And he'd be like, oh man, that makes sense. I'm like, son. <laughs> What? I just told you the same thing. <laughs> Play football, you know, but that's how it is with kids. But uh, it has definitely been uh, an incredible journey since he's moved down here uh, to watch him grow. And, you know, now he has the opportunity to play college football. So to be on this side of it, every now and then I'm like, man, I wonder if my mom and dad felt like this because it is it's an incredible feeling. So, uh, yeah. Is he he's still in high school next year or? He yeah, man, he, he's in 11th oh, grade. Yeah. He got one more year. Um, so um, it's definitely exciting. It's exciting times. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, uh, and yeah, he already. <laughs> yeah. Man, and he's 6'4", and now he's starting to fill out. He's still, you know, the, the great thing is I'm looking at him. He don't know how strong he is, how fast he is. He don't even know how powerful he, can, he really is because he's still growing into his body. Right. Um, but, you know, he... He like every, you know any other you know teenager. He's just excited that schools are recruiting him, mm-hmm. you know. So you know we we enjoying that and you know lucky for me I've been blessed that I can kind of tell him like son this is how this is going to happen. This is you know so 
I'm just enjoying the journey. Uh, I really am. Really am. But, you know, Coastal is recruiting him uh, pretty heavy. And, you know, he's saying, like, hey, you know, I like Coastal. And I said, hey, stay home, but you ain't staying in this house. You got to go. <laughs> go. got to actually live on campus. You got to live enjoy, on campus. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the actual full experience actual of being college. You're not, yeah. <laughs> you're not staying here. Having so, one foot in the house and one foot on the college campus, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. I'm excited about it. That's awesome. Um, all right. So I, I'm looking at time. Yeah, we're almost out of time. Um, so you can get to your show. Uh, you got your encouragement Sunday uh, coming up at seven. So uh, what let's just, you know, what are three to five things that you will give people just information um, about you? Uh, leaving them encouraging words, you know, just to wrap it all up. Well, you know, um, some encouraging words that I always try to tell people is love. You know, we, 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 we have to understand that even though we were born, you know, to, to look different and uh, we don't have the same talents, you know, all that good stuff. The one thing that we do have in common is a, a heartbeat, which I know that, which means that we all can love, uh, love each other. And, uh, I think love will cure everything. And that's what I try to uh, encourage more than anything adults, because what we do, of course, the kids are going to do without even thinking about it. Right. So I'm all about love, but then I'm all about three things that I think kids need, but we need as well. And that's um, love, which in tough love as well, but energy and attention. Um, I, th I think that we all need those three things. Um, so those are some things that I, that I will want to leave with people and, and, and encourage them to do. And then make sure that you, you also, before you give that off to somebody else, make sure you give it to yourself as well. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. All, all right, we so need is love. Just so That's we don't it, hold you up. Cause oh, no, nah, we all good, man. This, this was awesome, man. I really, man, you guys are doing some great things. Really are. This is great. Well, it makes it easier when we got when we got interesting people on here and we got topics and stuff. And yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny how Santuan said, like, you know, he's got his notes and um, I haven't done that ever. <laughs> I've never <laughs> taken notes. I'll do it while we're sitting there talking or something. But it's always been one of those. Uh, I never I don't think I've ever really prepped for something like that. I think I did. It, <laughs> I did it at the start. But um, I don't know. I just. Like how, you know, kind of how we were saying, you know, if we don't, if we don't sit there and plan out and script it, it's a lot more natural. Mm -hmm. well, I, well, I will say this, um, this, this platform, what you guys are talking about, man, I, I think it's incredible. I really do. So hats off to you guys, man. Please keep having this conversation. I think it's very important and needed. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that, that's, that's the main goal of why we started doing it. I mean, yeah. was just to get different views, different stories and kind of help us grow as coaches. I mean, that was the main reason I started doing mine was to just start talking to people. Mm -hmm. Really. I mean, it was cool to connect and see all the people that, that, you know, when that whole map's laid out. And I think that's mm -hmm. another thing that's great for what you've done is, you know, you get to see all the people that you've, you've dealt with, all the people you've helped. And then you kind of get to look back on everything and go, you know, I accomplished that, you know, I did that yeah. myself. So, but with that being learning, said, learning process. Yeah. yeah. With that being said, Ricky, thank you so much. Um, uh, everybody out there, 
go 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 find and follow Ricky um, on on Facebook. Uh, if you haven't heard him yell, you will when you, the, from the very first video. Um, he's probably yeah. He's pretty right calm right now. He's pretty calm. Oh yeah, this is a calm Ricky. Yeah, very very calm. Tell him to put a professional like Ricky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got to get ready. He's got to get ready for his own podcast. So he's he's kind of he, hey, that kudos to you for doing two podcasts in one day. Well, I, I know you said the Tuesday is more of your podcast, but, uh, but you got still. your other thing that you're going to be doing in an hour or not an hour, fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's but, no good. Yeah. Until next week, um, take it easy, everybody, and we will see you seven days. All right. See you guys. Happy Easter to y'all. Happy Happy Easter. Happy Easter, guys. <laughs>